Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. I am going to warn you in advance. I'm going to say a word, and it might make you uncomfortable. It is the F word. So <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it before, but brace yourself. The, the F word is fear. And it is a word that invokes, when you hear it, sometimes you even get a, I, I, I would imagine if we did brainwave testing on people and said the word fear, it might even resonate that way. But fear is something that holds us back from doing things that we want to do or drives us to do certain things. And we're going to dig into it and how to confront your fears. This is not fear factor. We're going to not, not going to make you eat spiders or anything else. Remember that TV show? Fear Factor back in the day. She is a life coach and has developed an amazing program called Live From Peace Coaching Program, where she helps people learn the art and skill of processing stress, receiving peace, dealing with fear. She is Christy Russin, and she's back on the program. Hey, Christy. Hey, it is good to be here. It's good to have you back here. Yeah, as I'm talking, I'm thinking about that show Fear Factor, where Mm -hmm. people would have to confront their fears. And their phobias, and maybe that wasn't such a bad idea overall, because maybe some of those things were holding them back from doing other things. But fear is a big thing, like even a fear of of change. You know, thinking about yeah. moving, changing jobs. What what's the block? It's fear, right? Yeah, yeah. It just like, well, for me, it throws me into into frozen. Right. That's my favorite response strategy. Mm. Be, of the three, the the fight flight freeze. I freeze. That's my, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is, which is completely understandable. And it's one of those things where I'm just going to stop. I'm going to press the pause button. I'm not going to move forward. I'm not going to make a decision, but all you're doing is just derailing what your, maybe what your hopes and dreams are uh, because a lot of us fear change, which is normal. Yeah. Yeah. Totally is. Um, Though, you know, it doesn't have to be you know, I was just, I was listening to um, Dean Graziosi speak this last week, and he was talking about how he loves the challenge, right? That the more that he has been engaged in business creation, he's like, give me the bigger problem, right? I want to, I want to solve it. And so what, what for some of us would have just like stopped us because there's a lot of fear around taking that action or going into that experience, you know, it's that it's not there for him anymore. It might be uncomfortable. There might be challenges, but there's also this sense of uh, excitement because it's not immobilizing him. Right. And that's, I think that's what is possible for all of us to be um, in this space where we don't have to be stopped by fear. How do we get past it? You know, we know it's yeah. there. You know, this is a great this is a great question. And a lot of times we talk about acting in the face of fear or doing it afraid, right? And if I do it afraid, then maybe I can just move forward. And I I agree that sometimes you quote need to do it afraid, but the thing that's really important when you're quote doing something afraid is to make sure that you're doing it in a way where you're not re-traumatizing yourself. You know, sometimes we push ourselves into situations to, quote, grow and overcome and get bigger and stronger. And if we don't do it right, what ends up happening is that we end up more afraid. And that's certainly not 
you know, that's not helpful, right? So one of the things that I always like to do when I'm running into something with fear is actually to just look at it. There's kind of this sense that it's this awful thing that came up and I got to try to ignore it and move forward anyway. But what if instead of ignoring it, we actually took a look at it? Because when we get afraid, it's our mind telling us there's something about this situation that um, is risky, right? And our mind is there to help us, is there to protect us. So if our mind is freaking out, then maybe there's something there that we need to look at, right? So I always like to look at the fear. I'll have this conversation. It's the, the moment the fear comes up, there's this opportunity to say, okay, I'm afraid. What is it that's causing the fear? And you're asking your mind to actually list out all the things that it's thinking about, list out all of the all of the concerns. And you just sit down with a piece of paper and your subconscious self and you you become the voice for what is going on in that subconscious mind and you just let yourself objectively list everything out that's coming up associated with a fear. Um I did this with a client a couple of weeks ago. She um, was wanting to pursue a relationship. She had a friendship that she wanted to see if it could go, it could evolve into something more, right? And, but she was afraid of having the conversation. And um, so this is what we did. You know, we sat down and said, well, if you're afraid of having the conversation, let's list out all of the reasons why. Right. And so she starts listing out all the reasons why. And one of the big ones was because I think it will I think it will end the relationship and then I'll feel rejected, which for her was relevant because she had previously the previous relationship she had been in had um, been one of those like uh, almost to the altar. They'd been engaged and they broke off their engagement. Right. So Mm. it was a big deal. And her mind is reliving this, right? And so she's like, I don't want to do this because then there's this opportunity to the, for the rejection again, right? Yeah. And, and when we see that and you can list it out, then you can, then you go in with your eyes open and you can understand, oh, my mind, my mind's concerned about the rejection piece. And we looked at the re- situation, right? And the reality is it was high probability that it wasn't going to move forward. Um, but it needed to resolve in some way, right? Um, and so we, so knowing that, oh yeah, there's this high probability that it actually will end in this thing called rejection. Um, let us be able to put context around it and support for herself going into it so that when she took the action, she could take it freed up from the impact of the result. So when we look at the list and say, oh, there's actually a high probability of, quote, rejection, then we can pre-process the rejection so that it's not something that's stopping her from moving forward. Does that make sense? 100%. And in the same situation, I know somebody whose spouse passed within the last 15 months, but she... And everything, it was sudden. Relationship Mm -hmm. was great. And she made the decision to start 
maybe seeing other people or opening herself up to it. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. she has just what you're describing, fear of losing somebody else, not Mm -hmm. to to a passing, but just them not being there or the relationship not working, abandonment, whatever it might be. And, and, And she's aware of the fear. You know, unfortunately, some people aren't aware of what their fear is in anything, but they mm-hmm. just know. And I love what you said, Christy, that you need to write it down. You need to, you need to take inventory. You can't just say, well, it's in my brain. I'm just thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I think I have a fear of that and that. No, you need to see it. You need to face it in front of you so you better understand it, right? Yeah. And the moment that you write it down, right, that's an act of acknowledgement. And when you can look at it and just acknowledge Oh, yeah, that is scary. And not dismiss it, right? When you write down the fears, I think the one of the most important things is to never take a fear and dismiss it. Because if you thought it, it's real. And at some level, your mind needs to process through it. So even if consciously we look at a fear and think, oh, that's irrelevant, you never dismiss a fear like that because then the mind's like, mm, I don't think you understood. And it holds on to it tighter instead of letting it start to process. I'm thinking of a situation where um, I was working with another client and she was having these night terrors. She um, was pregnant with, I think, her third child. And so she was waking up at night with these night terrors of what she described was a an improbable situation that someone would break in. No, that one of her kids would open up the door at night and get out onto the street. And she lived on a busy street, right? So the kid that she was concerned about was a toddler and not actually tall enough to reach the deadbolt. And so in her conscious mind, she's like, this isn't possible. Why am I afraid of it? But it was in her mind. And so because it was in her mind, then some level of her brain actually thought that it was possible. And the reality is when you really think about it, you're like, anything I can think of, well, it may have a 0.00001% probability it's possible. And so if the result of that possibility is big enough, my mind's going to be concerned about it. So what we looked at with that particular fear, right, was first off acknowledging, oh yeah, low probability. So thanks for letting me know, low probability. Um, And then if the mind is still concerned, then you look at, well, how can I put strategies in place to mitigate this happening? And then it's things like, okay, I'm going to go through the night protocol. And the night protocol is I'm going to make sure the deadbolt's locked. In fact, maybe I'll get a different kind of deadbolt that I know a toddler can't open. And I put that on the door. And now I've responded to and respected the fear of myself, my own fear, and addressed it. And now once the fear is addressed, then the mind goes, okay, we addressed that. Thanks. And now we can move on, right? And sometimes it might be as simple as just addressing that it's there and helping the mind see that it's a low probability. Or sometimes there may be action that you need to take in order to, quote, mitigate the risk so that you feel safe, right? How do you confront those fears even further? To I mean, I, I know you're saying in that situation to to find things. But if, when it's in your mind, when it's one of those not... Okay, for example... 
fear of changing a relationship or you, mm-hmm. you know, fear of being alone at that point. Yeah. Um, how do you confront that? Yeah. One of my favorite things to do is to actually play it out, right? What if that happens? What if the thing that I'm afraid about happens and you let it play all the way out and you see, and you go through the experience of it playing all the way out, which is kind of what we did with the the one client with the rejection, right? We let her experience the rejection all the way out so her body could work through that feeling of rejection. And then in a safe space where it was controlled, she, it, her mind could relearn, oh, you know what? This actually isn't as heavy as I was expecting it to be. It wouldn't be as detrimental as I was thinking it was going to be. And when we let ourselves kind of play it all the way out and see the, see the worst case scenario, then, then, then you have a plan. So for me personally, one of the big fears I had with you know, being a coach and business and going into business was terrified that somebody was going to just sue me. Right. And I was going to end up in bankruptcy because somebody decided that they didn't like how I did something and I got sued. And so that's what I did in that case. I'm like, oh, low, probably low probability, but you know, I don't know. So I played it all the way out. What would happen? Well, I would, the worst thing that could happen, right? Like I play it all the way out And then you let your mind work through what it would do if the worst thing happened. I do the same exact thing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And it's so, it's almost like watching a movie and Mm -hmm. even, even if I'm going to go to, um, to a party or I have plans to do something when I try to think, yeah, do I really want to do it? Let me think in my mind. And it's not about fear there, but it's more about, right. eh, do I want to, what's that going to be like? Right. Who am I going to see there? I do the visual, or even if I have a, a work-related meeting, all right, I'm going to go there. What am I wearing? What might they be wearing? What's the tone going to be? It's almost like you're kind of forecasting the future to, mm-hmm. to better prepare for it overall. So I love that. You know, I love that imagery, you know, kind of foreshadowing yeah. the the whole situation. Uh, yeah, very helpful. It, what about if somebody's looking to, to make a job change? You know, a lot of us are, a lot of people are talking about mm-hmm. it, especially with COVID same situation, kind of, kind of decide what it's going to look like, or even write down, you know, I also do this. I call it the scale of life. What's the pros and the cons, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And when you get the cons list, you actually look at it, right? You don't dismiss it. You actually look at it and you address all of the cons and and um, weigh them out and uh, see if you can mitigate um, the bat, you know, the ones that you're really concerned about. Right. Um, or if there's, you know, strategies you can take. I, I think that that feeling of, you know, fear is one of those emotions. The feeling of it is super uncomfortable, mm. right? It just is not a comfortable emotion. And so, our tendency is to try to avoid it and push back and and find a way around it. So we'll do, you know, when we get in a situation where we're feeling fear, instead of actually looking at the motion, looking at this discomfort, we'll start, oh, I don't know, binging on food or movies or doing whatever else to try to avoid um, actually working through and experiencing the fear. I always like the idea of, making of becoming comfortable with fear, right? Not getting out of my comfort zone, but instead of instead of 
stepping out of my comfort zone? What if I actually invite discomfort into my comfort zone so I'm really comfortable with it? And if I can get comfortable with that feeling of fear or comfortable with the feeling of discomfort, um, then there's a lot of things that I don't have to worry about because I'm like, oh, I can feel that. I know what fear feels like. I know how to be in fear and let it just process through my body, right? And then there's all sorts of things that open up. Hmm. Should we go back to the the basics in regard to fear? Is it coming from our childhood? Yeah, you know, we always talk about that that programming in our subconscious. Is that where a lot of this originates from? For sure. Yeah. And not even when it comes to fear, you know, it's not necessarily even just our childhood, but um the history of our of our species, right? Um, it's coming from let's take rejection, for example. Um, we're we're primed to pick up on rejection cues when we're a child. So when we're a child, rejection gets reinforced, but the idea of rejection is really old because if you, um, it, in society, in our ancient societies and civilization, right? Rejection meant you died. You got kicked out of the tribe hmm. and then you were on your own and you didn't have an ability, um, and, and your, your chance of survival de- decreased if you, you know, were rejected by a society. So it's a really old fear that then gets reinforced by um, by our experiences in childhood and even our experiences beyond that. And um, so recognizing that, that it's deeply wired and deeply programmed, that's helpful too. Just, just seeing that is helpful. Oh, this is, this is old. This is old programming, right? Really mm-hmm. old programming. Yeah, I I love that you say that because back, you know, in the Stone Ages, that we were, it was fight or flight. And mm-hmm. you were always on the run, or they were always on the run. Where's my next meal coming from? Who's a predator? Mm-hmm. What am I looking out for? So you lived in fear back then. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now it's evolutionary programmed in our minds. So yeah. I'm glad you said that because a lot of times we... We beat ourselves up, but yeah, eh, like maybe. somehow we're like <laughs> not strong enough or something because we experience fear. No, actually, fear's just you know, it's it's part of um, the human experience. Mm. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, fear causes anxiety, mm-hmm. and you know, you get that feeling in your stomach, your gut that something is wrong and then it keeps you from being happy, keeps you mm-hmm. from being satisfied and, and mm-hmm. better relationships. And sometimes the fear is, uh, is, is legit. <laughs> you know, yeah. there, there might be a reason for that. Maybe it's your gut saying, Hmm, just letting you know. But then many other times it's not founded. It's just, uh, it's in there and it shouldn't be there, but it's also marinating in your, in your, in your stomach too, making you feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I like to see anxiety as all of those fears, my mind trying to process them and not getting anywhere, right? So it's running them over and over and over and over again. And then we experience the anxiety. So it's just my mind trying really hard 
to mitigate all of the fears. And if what I can do from a conscious perspective as the conscious strategy mind, if I can say, hey, system manager who's running through all those fears and trying to manage it all by yourself, how about you tell me about it? And we let our sub and we help our subconscious mind do the processing work, then it, it can help alleviate that anxiety. We pull it out of the subconscious space and start processing through it with our strategy mind, the logical part of us that knows mm-hmm. how to um, how to actually mitigate risk and make plans and uh, yeah. So when we feel ourselves going into that, you know, anxiety, it's it is our mind trying to figure out how to stay safe and it just needs help because it's the system manager. It's habitual. It's not designed to be logical. It needs the help of the strategist. Yeah. And we need to realize too, it's an emotion. Yeah. It's an emotion. And I I just, this popped back in my head and I haven't said it in the longest time, but fear is F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Yes, right? that is great. I love it. It's such a classic, yeah. but it just it popped yeah. in my head, and it's really what it is. More times than not, and I go back to the the research that ninety close to ninety percent of the stuff you worry about, i.e., typically fear, never happens. You just mm-hmm. you're really just wasting your time. It's only ten percent of those things that actually do take place. But you know what? Another thing too, Christy. Remember we talked about practicing gratitude. Yeah. Uh, What's the other side of fear? Looking at the positive and the things that you are grateful for. So love. Yeah. You know, if you, if you're fearing that you, you may be losing your job, well, you might look on, you know, the gratitude side where, okay, I do have some savings. I, the the job market is outstanding right now. So I'm appreciative of that. Maybe you have a relative that could help you out in in the meantime mm-hmm. until you find it. So you know, look at the other side of it. And I don't want to. I don't want to just sound like a uh, you know the positive preacher here, <laughs> but <laughs> but there are things that you know you can look at. And I think fear is also the loss of being able to control something. Yes, yeah, that's the thing that I was just um, almost giggling about was that you know we have these you know ninety all of this stuff that we're afraid of. And the reality is we can't control. We control, we can, can, we, we have control or influence, I should say, over very little of it. And so it's like trying to stop. It's like trying to, to stop a flash flood. Right. Mm. And instead, what if you just, get high enough on the hill to watch the flash flood and, you know, appreciate the majestic magnitude of the, For sure. of the power. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that we, we do with fear is use our conscious strategy mind in a way that we can put ourselves on high ground, if you will, so that you can watch and respond rather than react. So I'm going to share something personal. And I was a warrior not a warrior, maybe a worry warrior. <laughs> uh, and that's just the way I was wired. And in my journey over the last two years, I had to confront a number of things that I was fearful of. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you talked to me five years ago, I would probably be balled up in a corner right now. But mm-hmm. the reason I bring it up is the more you face your fears, the easier it gets. And yeah, it's just about getting comfortable with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And letting it be an emotion. For sure. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. 
things pop up and you're now, now the fear has been brought in. Something got triggered. And now I walk around saying, nothing surprises me anymore. <laughs> you know, if something, something, you know, comes down, it's like, you know, five years ago, I'd be like, oh gosh, oh, wow, really? Come on. Right. Now it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll work with that. No problem. Uh, and that's just helping your mind learn that it's capable of processing that emotion and being in those situations. Yep. And um, instead of, you know, avoid avoiding them, but yeah. just help helping your mind learn it, right? Going into the fear in such a way that you're not, uh, that you're helping your mind learn that it's powerful and learn that you're safe instead of, re- yeah, instead of getting re-traumatized. Mm. So, yeah. And you know, awesome. it's funny. I just had this thought. Um, I have a friend going through some stuff and I'm, I'm there to support. And I tell her, I got you. I got you. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Say it to yourself. Yes. Yes. Right? I think there is this fear at a subconscious level that somehow um, like the subconscious mind thinks it's that at some level, even ourselves will abandon us. Mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> totally true. Yeah. And so if we, you know, build that relationship of, you know, um, thanks for telling me all the, fe- all these fears. And as long as we're not judging them, but we're looking at them, we're building that relationship between the parts of our mind that says, you can tell me any of the crap and I'm not going to leave, mm. right? We're in this together and yeah. building that relationship. You, you, you have somebody, you know, there you, you, go. you are your own backup. And <laughs> knowing that is, brings a sense of safety and security. It's powerful. It's, you know, yeah. you have a visual of yourself in those situations when you've got fear in a, mm-hmm. in a boat floating in the middle of nowhere. It's like, where nobody's around. What do I do? But no, you got this. You know what? Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you probably have an engine on that boat. You probably have fuel. You probably have a mm-hmm. GPS. You don't even realize it, but you have to, you have to trust in yourself. But sometimes it takes going through stuff to realize that, well, yeah, I do. I got this. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it take, everything's a process. You know, I fear that we ran out of time. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's like disappointment. (laughs) Yeah. Different, different emotion. My bad. Wrong wrong emotion. Uh, You're there uh, to, you've got, you've got it for people to help them. You've got them. And through the process that you've developed to Mm -hmm. live from peace. And really when you're in fear and you're fearing something, what do you want? You want peace. That's really what it comes down to. And you, you incorporate so many different uh, modalities with your certifications as a life coach and a uh, a psyche facilitator and so much more. Somebody wants to confront the fear, work along and work through it. Best way to do it. Go to your website, right? Yep. Livefrompeace.com. Yeah. Love it. Uh, Christy, great talking with you and um, lots of awesome insight on on something that we all deal with. We all deal yeah. with. Yeah. You know? It's been a delight. A pleasure. Same here. All right. I wish you well and we'll talk soon, okay? Mm-hmm. Thanks. We'll be right back. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Let's go inside the mind of a 10-year-old. I should have worn those earrings today. I like those earrings. Gabby has those awesome earrings. I need to ask her where she got those, but that's just what she would want me to do. 
I'll have Michaela ask her for me. Buckle up, Sarah. Yeah, but then Michaela will be like, why don't you just ask her yourself? That's just like Michaela. Sarah, buckle up. Michaela's such a great name. I wish I was called Michaela. There's like a dozen Sarahs in my class. Hey, we're not hitting the road until you buckle up, honey. Oh, yeah. Seatbelt. I forget sometimes because my brain is, like, busy, you know? I wonder if there's pizza at school today. Sometimes it can be tough to get through to your kids, but it's not impossible. Always make sure they're wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Remember, you have the keys, you have the power. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information.